views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned, because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. For those of you out there that have been with us for previous hours, it's really kind of cool because I want to say welcome back. For those of you that are just tuning into this hour, welcome to the show, everybody. Great to have you here. Uh, Mr. Benny, great to see you again. Yep. Uh, and uh, of That's what course, happens Brian, when you don't leave your seat. So <laughs> When you don't leave your seat, <laughs> right. right? You're just like a fixture, right? You, on the other hand, got to mosey around the station. I did. I had to get go out and get some... Smooth with your people. <laughs> Benny's in the studio. He just has to sit there. I never see you take a bathroom break. I'm I... always fascinated by that. I'm, I'm secret about it. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't yeah. give you away everything. No, you can't. It's a radio. But I've I actually noticed that in all the years we've kind of been together, it's uh, fascinating <laughs> to me. Uh, on the other hand, well, should I, I announce it before? Or? I don't I, think no, so. I, no, no, you just kind of must slide right <laughs> Lisa's out. Like, you what are you guys out. talking about? You just must slide out. <laughs> In more ways than one, I guess. I'm is that, you. Is that, how am I supposed to I know. Go it's that? really uh, Where quite is the show going? I can't believe this. <laughs> I'll tell you where it's going. It's going. It's go- here's where it's going. Right? You ready? We have to learn how to breathe. Oh, uh, okay. That's it. Our guest is probably saying, OMG. I just thought you wanted something I else, like, you know, particular, like. Is that what you're looking for? I mean, that's. That's what I'm going for. I'm telling you. Uh, You know what's so interesting about that is that um, I was listening to a a teleseminar, whatever they are. uh, Yeah, one of these (laughs) things you listen to, teleseminars. Okay. Um, And I was really struck by how many people right now are talking about letting go. Ah. Ah. Everything. Mm -hmm. You know, let go. I've heard this conversation now since I've been doing this show. Everybody is is talking about it. Uh, But here's the thing that I love. I was sitting in the chiropractic office. My my buddy, Dr. Thane, and, Mm -hmm. and of course, Jamie works on me for massage. So Jamie says to me, Dr. Pat, breathe. I said, Jamie, I am breathing. He said, no, breathe. And I'm just like, okay, I don't get it. What do you mean? He says, breathe. I want you to breathe in. And I want you. So here's the thing. We walk around holding our breath most of the time in life. We really do. And I was so struck by this. And today's show is about that, learning to breathe, my year-long quest to bring calm to my life. Uh, I'm being joined today by Priscilla Warner. um, And we'll talk about this. We'll talk about her book. But here it is. We hold our breath. We don't even know we hold our breath. And, and I, I don't just mean that metaphorically. I, I mean that we literally hold our breath. You, you know, we have developed such coping me- mechanisms, at least from a, from a body point of view, on how to not deal with stress in the right way. 
and what that means. But, you know, joining me here today, uh, it's a great conversation to have with Priscilla. She grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, graduated from the University of Pennsylvania. But most importantly, she's kind of like me. You, you know, you work your life doing so many different things. You work your life working at so many different odd jobs and places. But for her, you know, this amazing New York Times bestselling author uh, of of the memoir, The Faith Club, is joining me here today uh, because we're talking about what this really means to have this search that we have, this thing that goes on uh, for us so that we understand what it means to have faith, what it means to breathe, and what it means to actually bring calm into our lives. I'm so great to have Priscilla join us here today. You know, it's so cool. Uh, It's fascinating to see how she is taking her message out into the world, but most importantly, how powerful her message is. Uh, Priscilla, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, So kind of interesting. What do you make of what I said? Well, you know, I I totally agree with you that we walk around, you know, we breathe all the time, but we don't really pay much attention to it. We hold on to our breath and we hold on to a lot of things. And you were talking about letting go. But for me, I suffered from panic attacks for 40 years. So yeah. I was breathing too much. And my mother used to say to me, you know, just breathe. And I thought, you know, that's easy for you to say because you're not panicking and you're not hyperventilating. And it wasn't very helpful to hear just breathe. I didn't think it was such a natural thing to be able to do it, you know, in a way that was comforting. But I learned how to do it in the course of this book. Mm. So, you know, for you, as you go around the country and you speak and, you know, you do the many things you do, uh, and to take this message out into the world, this idea of calm, this idea of faith, uh, what is it that you have found? Uh, you, you know, is there a reoccurring theme that shows up in the many people that you you get in front of? You know, what is it that, that seems to be showing up in their lives? People are very busy. Mm. We're very distracted. We're communicating. We're maybe over-communicating on so many levels, but we're not sure what we're hearing and what we should do with all the information that we get. And I think that people are looking for a calm, secure, safe, protected powerful place deep inside of themselves. And if they're like me, they didn't really know if it existed or not. But I actually found out that it did for every one of us. Mm. Everybody's looking to be calm. And more than calm, I, I think it's it's to feel empowered, that, that you have that to figure out a way to not to de-stress and not to push stress out of our lives, but how to live with stress, how to process difficult emotions and feelings and events and find a way to move forward. I want to ask you a question about your life and your journey here. For those of you just tuning in, Learning to Breathe, uh, my year-long quest to bring calm to my life, uh, best-selling author Priscilla Werner joining me here today. I want to ask you a question about life's challenges. I mean, you've shared that you've lived most of your life with panic attacks. Uh, I, I want to ask you about what it is you discovered along the way at different points in time to help you move beyond some of these challenges you had in life. I mean, because we sit here and we look at uh, folks like uh, yourself here, Priscilla, best-selling author, book tour, uh, chatting with me, right? All of it looks like 
You've got it in, t- in check. You've always had it in check. But let's talk about what you had to do to get to this point. You know, actually, I, I hear what you're saying, and it does look like I've had it all together for a while. But interestingly, the people who write to me um, often with the most moving stories are people just like me, who on the outside look like they've got it all together. Anxiety, which I suffered from, tends to propel you towards action. And oftentimes that action, sometimes it can be destructive, but, you know, I had several careers. Oftentimes people with anxiety really channel it into very productive, um, sort of socially acceptable ways of being active. But, um, you know, inside I, I felt broken. I had my first panic attack when I was 15 years old. Mm. I didn't know what it was. I was working in a cafeteria, and uh, all of a sudden my throat closed up, my heart started pounding, my lungs were convulsing. And I thought I couldn't breathe, but I was hyperventilating. So I managed to call somebody and get a ride home, and a doctor came uh, to the house and paid a house call and took my vital signs. And he said, you're just a little bit nervous, which <laughs> sort of an understatement. And he prescribed... Um, Librium back then, and which is an anti-anxiety medication. So through for many years, I continued to take anti-anxiety medication, and I really am. I am not anti-drug. I don't believe that everybody can, you know, meditate every single stress of life away. I, I, I really, I have friends who have, you know, suffered from depression and are, are very conscious when people are, you know, anti-drug and they feel judged by that. So it wasn't that I. Um, I didn't. The drugs ended up, you know, they were making me more sleepy sometimes and they were helpful. And in the back of my mind, I'd always heard about these Tibetan monks who meditate so effectively that their prefrontal cortex is light up on MRIs, yeah. as I put it. Mm. And neuroscientists were studying their brains, and I thought, something about meditation I think will speak to me and speak to my condition and take me where I wanted to go. So I started off by meditating, learning how to meditate with a Tibetan monk who'd had panic attacks as a child. He was my first teacher. And I went to a retreat with him. He's now off in the Himalayas for, I don't know how many years. We don't know where he is, you know, how to communicate with him. Mm. But he came into my life at exactly the right time, and he was the perfect teacher because he was very open-ended, open-minded. He understood Western technology and Western lifestyles, and he taught me how to meditate with my eyes open, eyes shut, lying down, walking meditation, listening to music. So once I came back from that retreat, I thought, oh, I'm going to be enlightened like like this monk, but it wasn't quite so easy. Hmm. I wanted to uh, also talk with you about uh, defining or slash redefining meditation. Uh, I think that uh, we have this idea that meditation means A, B, C, D. You have to sit in a certain position you have to uh, listen to certain music. You have to do it for a certain time. But, but boy, uh, your, your information, your style is really more in tune with sort of what I find around peace and joy. I want to talk with you about that when we come back. What really is meditation? And what is a meditative state? How do you get there? Are there rules about meditation? This and much more from uh, my very special guest, uh, Priscilla Warner, Learning to Breathe, My Year-Long Quest to Bring Calm to My Life. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous book. Uh, When we come back, you may hear some things on meditation that you didn't know before. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you want a love life that's full of happiness, partnership, and fun? A relationship that works for you instead of you having to work so hard on it? We all want our love lives to be happy. 
But how exactly do you do that? To find out, tune in each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to the Noah and Christine Show, keeping the happy and happily ever after. We promise you a humorous and honest show for both men and women, featuring the simple, practical, and yes, fun tools that any couple can use to keep the love and happiness growing and flowing. We'll see you on the show. TransformationTalkRadio.com Transforming the world one listener at a time. Are the magic and mysteries of Egypt calling you? Picture yourself standing between the paws of the Sphinx, meditating inside the Great Pyramid and other sacred temples and exclusive visits. Imagine cruising down the Nile on a luxurious private sailing yacht and exploring the peaceful countryside of Egypt. If you're interested in travel that expands, transforms, and rejuvenates you, join Dr. Friedemann Schaub and Danielle Rama Hoffman, author of The Temples of Light, for a spiritual and healing journey to Egypt this September. Call for more information, 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-6463. Or visit EgyptIsCalling.com. That's EgyptIsCalling.com. Tune in each Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern for the hit show, Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, the Fog City Psychic. Spark your spirit and ignite your soul with spiritual conversation and enlightening guests that will help you get clear and catapult you into action. You'll meet metaphysical movers and shakers, intuitives, spiritual visionaries, and more. Want an on-air reading? Karen's down-to-earth style and lively curiosity delivers the compassionate, no-nonsense, intuitive advice that's become her trademark. Visit FogCityPsychic.com and book your reading today. Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. The website is bellevue.wellnessone.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellnessone.net. You're tuned in to Transformation Talk Radio. Think the Dr. Pat shows the cat's meow? Just listen to what some of her transformative guests have had to say. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? Uh, believe in yourself always. Remember that uh, you are a gift. You are a miracle. And the only way you can return any part of that gift is what you do with it. Live into yourself and be that miracle. I love it. Eldon Taylor, everyone. And, and thank you, Pat. I love joining you. You're a wonderful host. Thank you. And we're going to bring Eldon back because we, we just haven't even scratched the surface here. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Thank you for listening. And keep us tuned in right here on Transformation, Transformation Talk, Talk Radio. Radio.
everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is an incredible book, Learning to Breathe, my year-long question. You're going to hear some things here in a moment uh, from my uh, guest, Priscilla Warner. Learning to Breathe, my year-long quest to bring calm to my life. Uh, now, we have a copy of the book uh, to give away in this segment. We would love to do this for you. Uh, it is one of the best books that I've picked up in a really long time that really gets to meet you where you are in, in learning how to breathe. And you're going to hear about it in a moment, what that means. But it meets us where we are. And uh, for me, it's a, it's a refreshing redefinition of meditation, which you're going to hear in a moment. Uh, the way to do that on the show is if you just call in our 800 number during this segment, we're going to take the first caller, and we'd love to give you a copy of the book. And Brian is uh, uh, ready to go and take your call. We have a toll-free number. Um, 1-800-930-2819 is toll-free. one 800 930 2819, toll-free, right into the show. We'd love to give you a copy of this book. Uh, thank you, Priscilla, for joining me here today. Um, I, I, I mentioned that uh, there is a redefinition, um, at least the sense I get from your book, about meditation. And it's a redefinition because I have tried so many other forms of meditation according to how you're supposed to do it, how long you do it, how you're supposed to sit. I have to tell you, none of them has really worked for me. So I would yeah, love for yeah, you to address I, I, this. I hear you. I was yeah. daunted by the proposition, too. I mean, <laughs> but the first teacher, my first teacher who I was mentioning, a Tibet, young Tibetan monk, said this is, he has a wonderful sense of humor. And he walked in, he said, this is not the college of meditation where you're going to get a degree, you're going to get graded. You know, good meditation is okay, bad meditation is okay, just try your best. And we also have a notion, you know, that you have to, well, we have a notion that you have to sit at a certain place at a certain time. Um, also that you have to push every thought that comes into your head out of your head. That was one of the big revelations for me is you just note the thought. And, you know, if you try to push it out, it's, that's another activity in and of itself. You just have to, a lot of it is about letting go. A wonderful guided imagery specialist named Belarus Naperstek said to me that anytime you're focused on something to, so that everything else falls away, that's a form of meditation. So you can be peeling potatoes at the sink and you're meditating. So let's talk about this, because there is a, a judgment sometimes out there, and, and most of it is with ourselves. I was sharing with you that, for me, um, people say to me all the time, oh, my gosh, you really? You're going to do another hour of radio? What are you, out of your mind? Or, you know, they say, well, okay, you're going to be doing this. And I come on air, and my world stops. Everything on the outside stops for me. And there's only this moment with you. And I have always seen that as very meditative. When I'm done with my shows, I'm not drained. I'm energized. You see? I totally get that. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I had never thought about that in terms of a radio host before. It seems like it would be a stressful, but it's, it's about being present in every mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. For me, I make jewelry. So when I start to make jewelry, everything else falls away. I'm just focused on what bead to put next to another one. Or, you know, if you listen to music and you get caught up, there's this wonderful meditative piano music that I listen to where I can be, I can be anywhere in my car. I can be stuck in the worst traffic on my way into New York City. If I pop that into, the, into my car, I, I'm all of a sudden somewhere else. So I, I define meditation in a much more open-minded way now. I take these little meditative videos with my camera 
it happened by accident. I was taking a picture and I accidentally hit it, hit a video button. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I, I played it back and I was watching grass sway. You know, I was literally just watching blades of grass sway from one side to another. And now I make all of these little meditative videos because they're just a reminder to be in the moment. When people talk about being in the moment, it's, it's without that kind of judgment that we were talking about earlier. I love this because I'm a visual. You would never know. Me it. too. Exactly. You would never know it because I'm on radio, right? Right. But I have this little thing. I it was classified as a learning disability when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's this notion that I, I don't do really well on any of the standard eye te- test. I don't. Mm-hmm. But it's because when I when I speak and when I hear you speak, like you just thought expl- that you did the video, right? You said, I do these videos of, you know, grass swaying. So I didn't really hear you. I right. saw the picture. Right. I, I think I'm very picture. much the same way. I mean, I have yeah. about 90 of them on YouTube. And, and yeah, I, just, I, love I, I just love them because I also am very visual. Whatever it is that I'm doing, whatever, whatever I'm learning, you know, people can tell me something. But if I see it, I'm just much better. So I loved this this monk taught us to meditate with our eyes open because mm-hmm. he had us first stare at a vase of flowers. So you stare at the vase of flowers and... You know, they're not moving, but, you know, there's only so much you can think about a vase of flowers. So you sort of think, oh, pretty, not pretty, what colors, you know, does it need water? And then you're kind of done. And then you're just really, as he said, resting your attention on something. And I didn't really understand what that meant, but I, and I was trying to absorb everything in this meditation retreat. And then I went outside. And once I was outside sitting under a tree and I was just staring at a bush, sort of watching the leaves very slowly move, the thoughts sort of. Um, slowly left my mind, and all I was left with was that visual. I love nice. that. Yeah. Okay, it so... It really worked for me. Here, here's a myth. We have to dispel the myth. So there's this notion that meditation is not about thinking. If you're thinking when you're meditating, you're not meditating. So this is really... I was actually told this. Mm-hmm. So I'm bringing up all the little, you know... Go uh, for it. We've got to get yeah. them out of the closet here. Yeah. But here you are thinking about... The, the the vase, right? I mean, and the flowers. So can you explain this idea of, of how we got to the place where meditation isn't about thinking, it's about being? Because I, I, I always think. Well, the teachers, I've studied with several really wonderful Buddhist teachers, and they all, they, well, the wonderful thing about them is that they are very humble. So they always describe, you know, that their own practice as being a practice. They call meditation practice a practice for a reason. It's not something that you succeed at, as the monk said, and you get an A, and then you're enlightened for the rest of your life, and you sit down to meditate, and it's perfect. But this wonderful teacher, Sharon Salzberg, said we can always begin again. So when your thoughts wander, she said, you know, just make a note of it. Just say, you know, thought. Or, um, somebody described them to me as clouds passing through the sky very slowly. You know, a thought comes in, it moves away. And um, a wonderful Zen teacher who I studied with at the very end of the book And I I probably would have run as fast as I could from this place if I'd started off here. But I went to a place where people meditate just staring at a white wall for three 30-minute periods of time. And (laughs) honestly, that wouldn't have worked for me in the beginning. But what she said to me was, and they don't move. They sit in silence, not moving. I mean, nobody's going to arrest you if you move, but... And she said to me, the reason we do that is because you sit in silence and, you know, you feel your ear itching. And you want to scratch your ear, but if you don't scratch it, it itches, it itches, it itches. And then all of a sudden it goes away by itself. And then your knee hurts. And then your knee hurts, your knee hurts, your knee hurts. And then 
her eyelids twitching. I don't know, whatever it is. And it's about the passage of time and the impermanence of time and not being attached to every single moment and not having to have the perfect meditation moment every moment that you're sitting there. Okay, so is that what you mean by non-attachment? Because I wanted to talk to you about non-attachment. Uh, for those of you out there, we'd love to like uh, give away copies of this book. We've got one to give away right now. 1-800-930-2819. Toll free, give us a call. 1-800-930-2819. I have to ask you, Priscilla, non-attachment. How is non-attachment different from detachment, different from letting go, different from moving on? Hmm. I, look, I'm not a Buddhist <laughs> scholar. <laughs> I have to issue a disclaimer here. But I think they're kind of all the same. Well, I mean, thank you. I think. I don't know. You know, don't, you know, hold me to anything. Don't, don't practice this at home. I don't know. You know, I, I just feel like I had this thought about, like, how can you not be attached to the people you love? I didn't get that. But I think it's about not being attached to certain outcomes. And I think that's about being in the moment. Just, you know, not feeling like everything has to, not clinging to things. It is about letting go. Mm -hmm. But if you recognize that life is made up of lots of these little moments, you have to let go of them because they let go of themselves. You can't stay attached to them because they are going to shift and change. I want to talk to you about um, one of your favorite topics. I think it's one of your favorite. <laughs> I know it's, it. <laughs> I, I think it's in this book, but it's also not in this book. I want to talk to you about faith. And sure. I want to talk about faith in the context of learning to breathe. Um, for our listeners, first of all, I would love for you to define faith in the context of what you've learned and discovered along the way. I think faith is sometimes, I say, just getting up in the morning, getting out of bed, putting your feet on the floor, and putting one foot in front of the other. Um, it's a constantly evolving process for me. I have faith in different things at different times. Um, when I co-authored the book, The Faith Club, it was very religion-based, because it was a book about a Muslim and a Christian and a Jew, me being the Jew, and so we spoke a lot in churches and synagogues and mosques, and it was you know, people had people have very many different definitions of faith. Mm-hmm. But I think, in a way, faith for me, faith is a form of letting go. And faith, what I've come to define as my faith now, is a divine spark within me that everybody possesses that connects us all. That's a spirit, and probably for me now, faith is defined as my breath moving in and into my body. It's kind of a holy place. I'm asking the question because. You know, for someone, someone such as yourself that has experienced 40 years of uh, panic attacks, I, I don't even know if our listeners really understand what that's like. I mean, it's it, it, it's immobilizing. It stops you right in your tracks, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. And yeah. It's shameful. Yeah. You feel like your central nervous system, at least I did, I felt like there was something defective about me. Um, that nobody else in the world felt the way I felt. In fact, now I know that 6 million Americans suffer from a panic disorder. 40 million Americans have some sort of an anxiety disorder. So I wasn't alone, but when you're having a panic attack, you feel very alone. Mm. Well, I want to talk when we come back about this idea of, uh, of, of stress, panic attacks as well. You know, but really it's a broader conversation, Priscilla. What it is, is it's about the level of stress that we experience to the point where we become traumatized and we don't even know it. 
You know, some people say that the level of trauma going on right now in our society is higher than we think. But we do such a great job of sucking it up, putting one foot in front of the other, even if we don't know where we're going or crossing that street when the light is really not in our favor. When we come back, we're going to be talking with my very special guest today. And I've actually got another copy of the book to give away. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Tired of being bloated and nauseous? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know eating unhealthy foods eventually leads to an unhealthy digestive system? Did you know eating the most healthy, nutritious food doesn't necessarily result in a healthy body? The stomach must be healthy in order to properly digest, metabolize, and utilize even the best of nutrition. Without proper digestion from the stomach through the intestinal tract, the nutritious value is not absorbed and the improperly digested food can be more toxic to your body than helpful. You can be doing all the right things and getting all the wrong results. In fact, other organs may also be interfering with your stomach's ability to digest. Contact us today for your appointment at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. Or visit us at MaryJaneMack.com. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Stop. Get out of that car. Stop living your life in the passenger seat. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com and let us help you drive. The Ascension Foundation, serving to build an interdimensional community. The Ascended Masters invite you to join them in co-creating this mission. Allow the Masters to lead the way in activating the wisdom of your heart consciousness and raising your vibration. You can communicate with them directly by attending apportation events and classes in mediumship, crystal light energy healing, alchemy, master studies, past life regression, and more. For a schedule of classes, workshops, and special events, visit theascensionfoundation.com. That's theascensionfoundation.com. What would it feel like to let go of a painful story that causes suffering? Discover how love is greater and more powerful than fear, anger, doubt, worry, or grief. Superior to any story about your life that causes suffering, there is a story of love waiting for you. Can you imagine a story without judgment? A story of forgiveness? A story that releases, I can't, and proclaims, I can Imagine a story where you let go of what was and embrace what is and create what you want for the future. The first 25 audience members to contact Dana at DanaFrost.com and inquire about the Pay It Forward, Pay What You Can coaching promotion are invited to a one-hour power-packed coaching session or two 30-minute coaching sessions. 
You simply pay what you can afford to pay. In the subject line, please input pay what you can coaching inquiry. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, go to drpatlive.com or transformationtalkradio.com. I want to thank all of the listeners for calling in for the books. Yes, uh, they were given away. Uh, And Kathy, yes, thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. A grateful Kathy in Seattle also received one of the books. Uh, Joining me here today, Priscilla Warner, uh, the author, bestselling author. Today we're talking about her book, Learning to Breathe my year-long quest to bring calm into my life. Before we continue, I would love for people to find out more about you. Uh, So if you can just give out a website, the best way, uh, Priscilla, for people to find out about all of your books and your work. Sure. It's PriscillaWarnerBooks.com. Excellent. PriscillaWarnerBooks.com. About everything about me, including my current Pinterest obsession. Oh, you would like that because it's very visual. Are you into Pinterest? Tell, tell me, tell everybody what this is. Because uh, Pinterest is a new, well, it's not so new, but it's new to me website where you basically go all around the web and you pin your favorite. It's like a visual scrapbook. It's like an electronic yes. scrapbooking. Yep. Thing. Yep. Oh, I think you would really like it because I know. it's super visual. And um, I, I just, it's also, for me, Pinterest is kind of, is very meditative actually because not a lot of words are exchanged. You can write whatever you want to write underneath the, the picture that you're pinning, but and you can link to wherever you want to link. But really, you're, it's all about the visuals, and it's about an immediate reaction, and that's being in the moment. When you're pinning a pin, you're in the moment of that pin. You know, you can be pinning a picture of you know a cathedral in I don't know Rome or a wave in Maui or a flower in Iowa, and you're right there in that moment when you're doing it. It's very cool, I think. All right, I'm on it. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about uh, learning to breathe, regardless of what's going on in your life. I mentioned that, yeah, you know, we we live in a place where we're really learning how to suck things up really well. But at the same time, we fill up with all of the things we're holding inside of us, and ultimately, we crack the shell. And that shows up in a lot of different ways. I would like, you know, uh, to chat with you about... Um, you know, some of the folks you've talked to, neurologists, trauma experts, um, and I, I want to talk about what it means to be a trauma survivor or trauma survivor, and what you've discovered from these folks. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I never defined myself as a trauma survivor, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I grew up hearing a story constantly that my parents told me um, about the night I almost died as an infant. Well, I was 16 months old. I had acute epiglottitis, which is a rare infection of your windpipe. And uh, my mother was, a talk about visual, my mother, who is in her 12th year of Alzheimer's, was an amazing artist and very visual. And so when she told me the story, she said, you know, you turned purple, your eyes rolled back in your head, your fever was 106, you kept having convulsions. And my parents got me to a doctor. I had a convulsion on the table, and then... um, the doctor said she has to be hospitalized immediately. My father said, I'm too scared to take her. Can you? And 
this was told to me in great detail. I ended up in the hospital, and my parents left me there, and I was all alone in the middle of the night, and my throat closed up, and I stopped breathing. And my parents would tell me this story. I now realize they were so grateful that I had lived, because what happened was a, a resident happened to come into my room, find me in distress, and perform an emergency tracheotomy. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so I grew up, I had a little scar at the hollow of my throat, and I grew up hearing the story. I said some kids got to hear the story of happy ducklings or dancing fairies, and that's what I got from my parents. But um, I was, and I knew that this was probably had something to do with my panic attacks later in life, but I don't know how much I really focused on it. And somebody, Belrith Napperstack, who's the wonderful guided imagery specialist who I mentioned, she suggested that I contact a neurologist named Dr. Bob Scare, who's in Denver, because she thought, he thought there was perhaps a link to an anxious mother in utero, you know, um, sending, I don't know, whatever, hormones to a child that might have to do with anxiety and panic later on. And when I spoke to him, he immediately, he just understood exactly who I was. He said, you mothered your own mother. I said, how did you know that? Just after talking to me for a couple of minutes. He said, because I mothered my own mother, and I know. And he referred to me as a trauma survivor. And I said, you know, I was embarrassed. I said, I, I have this wonderful life. You know, I, 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 I did not survive a war. I wasn't, God forbid, raped or anything. Like, I, I don't think I'm a trauma survivor. And he said, well, that experience you had as an infant was very traumatizing. And I said, really? You know, I, yeah. And he said, they, they slit your throat open with no anesthesia. And I sort of gasped. And I realized that... Um, for my conversation, he wrote a book called The Body Bears the Burden, and it's all about trauma and what it does, how it stays lodged in your body. So as you were talking earlier, you know, you can go on, you can live your life, you can busy yourself with a million different things, but your body holds whatever pain you might have not processed earlier on in your life. And so in the course of this fantastic experience that I had, I was able to do two forms of particular um I call it sort of body-based therapy, somatic experiencing and EMDR, which are, which are used a lot with post-traumatic stress. They're getting a lot of attention now because of veterans, unfortunately, returning yeah. home with brain injuries yeah. and trauma. But I, you know, as I define meditation in a more open-minded way, I now define trauma in a more open-minded way. You know, when you have a panic attack, it's very traumatic, and you have to, whatever pain and sorrow and suffering, the wonderful first noble truth of the Buddha is that we all suffer, which I never really fully understood either. And I I don't judge other people's suffering. I try not to judge my own. We have good days and bad days. But, you know, trauma is something that a lot of people live with. It's so interesting we're talking about this. Can you give the name of that book again? Sure. It's Dr. Robert Scare. All of this is on on my website, on my resources page, by the way. But his, um, I think it's called S-C-A-E-R, and it's called The Body Bears the Burden. And the two therapies that I did, somatic experiencing, was mm-hmm. developed by someone named Peter Levine, mm-hmm. L-E-V-I-N-E. He wrote a book called Waking the Tiger. And his therapy, um, I sat on a couch, and this therapist had me ground myself. So I was, for me, she said, you know, place 90% of your, feel where you feel grounded. And I felt my feet glued to the floor. It was like I had a magnet pulling them into the center of the earth, like they weren't going to move. Wow. And put 90%, well, it's a practice. You have to, you know, you have to practice it, becoming grounded. And I would place 90% of my attention there. And then she would guide me. She'd say, with 10% of your attention, you know, focus on something. We had discussed the things that caused me anxiety. And so when I would focus on that 10%, 10% of myself on something very stressful, I could feel the anxiety moving through my body in the ways it usually did, which is my lungs would start to hyperventilate and 
She said, slow it way, way down. So I would try to breathe one little tiny air sac at a time, and I felt my hands and my feet tingling in a way that was crazy. And she said, that is the, that's the release. That's a nervous release. And then I began mm. to sigh, and that's an even bigger, you know, a different form of a nervous release. Wow. So it's a really powerful therapy, and it's very empowering because mm. you learn how to ground yourself. And mm. I said, my thing was, okay, I'm on the New York subway. I have the subway <laughs> stops. I'm in between stops, and I feel like I'm having a panic attack. What do I do? Right. She said... Um, Tell somebody sitting next to you, you know, I suffer from anxiety. Can I talk to you for a minute? And she said, I'm sure as soon as you do that, you're going to feel a release in a certain part of your body and just focus on that place where you feel that release. So fortunately, I haven't had a panic attack on a subway recently, but um, it, it was, it's just, it, there are so many tools, you know, Bell Ruth Napperstack said to me, you're going to assemble your own inner toolkit. Mm-hmm. And you'll see which tools work for you. So I say it's kind of neurotic, heal thyself. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, though. I mean, honestly, I had an experience a couple of years ago which shocked me. Uh-huh. Shocked me. Um, I, I, I have shared with my listeners that at 17, I, 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 I experience homelessness. I know what it's like to be homeless at 17. I get it. Wow. I don't wish that on anybody. I was very right. fortunate uh, to not be homeless really long thanks Mm -hmm. to a very kind hotel manager. And I've also shared that story. But here's what happened to me. This is so interesting. You know, how many, a gazillion years later, right? Uh, I'm at the the grocery store, and I'm in the grocery store line, right? And I've got my little debit card, and I got my little groceries, right, that I'm getting. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, like maybe 10 bucks of groceries. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm in the line, and I run my card, through the thing, right? The, the, uh, mm-hmm. you know how you the run strip, your car? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. So here's what happens to me. So the machine is flashing like it always does, you know, processing or whatever it does. Mm-hmm. Right. You know that processing, processing. So it's like 30 seconds go by and the thing is still processing. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm looking at the back of the line and now I'm making up a story. Because yep. I want to talk about stories when we yep. come back from break. So it's processing. It's processing. I got my cards flashing. I got the person at the register looking completely pissed off at me. Mm-hmm. And like the line is now getting longer. And my card yep. is caught in this queue, right, of processing. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, my God, uh, did I go to the bank? Okay, there's not enough money in my debit account. Mm-hmm. Right. And I and I am s- broke out in a sweat. I pitted everything out and I'm in this line. And the woman says to me, Miss, Miss, are you OK? Are you oh. OK? And I absolutely could not answer her. Wow. Yep. And then uh, all of a sudden I walk out of the store. I, I'm starting to walk out of the store and, and the register you know, person comes over and gets me and says, uh, where are you going? You know, we, I got to give you your groceries. Wow. And I couldn't say anything. Here's what she said to me. She said, I am so sorry that this has taken so long. We're converting from an old system to a new system and that this has been going on all day. It wow. has really rocked my world. Wow. Uh, and, you know, here's your receipt. Uh, and off I went. What a lesson. Right? I don't ever want to experience that again. But can you imagine something at 17 years old that I thought at some level I, I had moved beyond shows up like that? 
Isn't that fascinating? When we come back, I want to talk about what we can do to really move these things forward. And what about the dang stories we create? I mean, I could have created a story at that register that, oh, it didn't go through. And therefore, I get my I get my groceries free. But I didn't. Let's uh, let's take a short break when we come back. Learning to breathe. Priscilla Warner joining us here today. We'll be right back. With you gets me that way. Hi, this is Dr. Pat. Did you know most coffee, not all, have hidden dangers lurking in it? A recent investigation into grocery store coffee revealed three dangers. First, modern coffee farming produces dangerously high acidity and caffeine. Second, mold content in grocery store coffee contains dangerous toxins. Yuck! Third, government agencies have found grocery store coffee containing 400 times the carcinogens allowed in drinking water. You will be relieved to know that Camano Island Coffee Roasters takes the worry out of your sip of coffee. Imagine how your coffee tastes without mold, carcinogens, or poison. Get your free coffee report, The Five Hidden Dangers Lurking in Your Coffee Cup. Visit NakedTruthAboutCoffee.com to get your free copy now. That's NakedTruthAboutCoffee.com. And check out Camano Island Coffee Roasters. Oh, aren't you tired of the same old negative vibe? Hey, Valerie, have you heard about TransformationTalkRadio.com? No, what's that? Dr. Pat is launching a new network. and Dr. Pat? Dr. Pat. How many hours is she going to be on? It won't be all Dr. Pat. She'll be joined by her friends, transformative hosts from around the globe. TransformationTalkRadio.com is a 24-7 network. 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her guests? No, 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her hosts. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Where is it going to be broadcast? You're going to be able to hear her in Seattle, Boston, Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, on over 300 cable radio stations, and on the Internet everywhere. Listen live at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Great. We should spread the word. Absolutely. Spread the word. Go to TransformationTalkRadio.com. What if someone could show you how to tap into vibrant health in 90 minutes? What if someone could have you listening to and following your heart's desires? What if someone could have you feel deep and abiding freedom throughout every cell of your being? What if someone could tap into your inherent abundance easily and effortlessly? Alina Frank is that someone. Alina can help you clear anything that energetically stands in your way from attaining the health, wealth, and freedom you were born to enjoy. Using EFT tapping, set yourself free with EFT. Why wait for a miracle when you can tap your power now? Visit www.tapyourpower.net. That's www.tapyourpower.net. Hi, my name is Dr. Dane here from Access Consciousness. Are you a seeker, a dreamer, one of those people who's always known that there should be greater possibilities available but haven't yet been able to create it as your life? I'd like to help. Go to creatinggreaterpossibilities.com where there's a free video and audio series created especially for you. Once again, creatinggreaterpossibilities.com. It's free, and it's designed to give you the actual tools that you need to create the life you've always been looking for. creatinggreaterpossibilities.com. Integrative Dentistry provides a broad range of holistic dental services by using healthy materials, full body understanding, and quality care. 
Dr. Mitch Martyr focuses on natural dentistry by combining alternative treatments with conventional procedures. He has done extensive research and continuing studies in a broad range of allied fields, including TMJ and pain treatment, orthodontics, periodontology, mercury removal, toxicology, nutrition, herbal medicine, acupuncture, massage, craniosacral, and homeopathy. Call for an appointment or free consultation at 206-367-6453. That's 206-367-6453. And visit MitchMartyrDDS.com. That's MitchMartyrDDS.com. we could remember that 24-7. You're in that grocery line and you're thinking, I'm not going to be able to get my milk today because my dang car don't It would have been nice if it was like over a $100 grocery list, but... <laughs> it was like a teeny-weeny thing. I know. Not even filled the bag. Half a bag. I wouldn't even use the bag. You know what? I could have probably asked everybody in the line to chip in a buck so I could have paid for that. But when you're in that moment, boy, I'll tell you, you don't really find a solution. Priscilla Warner joining us here today. Priscilla, you don't. When you're in the middle of an attack like that, I mean, can anybody think straight? No. And somebody just yesterday, somebody who suffered from panic attacks said to me, you know, you have so many chemicals like charging towards your brain and, you know, shooting through your brain that you can't think clearly. But she said the loveliest thing. And and I've said this to people when, when I'm speaking and people say, well, what should I do with someone who's having a panic attack? I say be kind. You know, the Dalai Lama, everything I studied about Buddhism, it's all about learning to be compassionate. First, to be compassionate to yourself, actually. You can't, as Thich Nhat Hanh, this wonderful Vietnamese teacher said, um, understand your own suffering, and then you can have compassion for the suffering of others. Mm. And when someone's in the middle of a panic attack, interestingly, you know, I had one um, after not having one for a really long time, and a friend who suffers from them was talking to me. And she said, and it was actually at a Target, <laughs> at a store, at a super store with bright fluorescent lights. And I was trying to focus on the kindness of the cashier. But she said, you know, if you'd really said to somebody, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I am so anxious. And come out of yourself in that moment and made a connection with another human being by mm. being vulnerable, I bet it would, really would have helped. And I said, probably would have burst out crying. And she said, that would have been okay, too. So... For me, this book has been an extraordinary opportunity to reach out to people by telling my own story, by sharing my vulnerability. It's not easy to be vulnerable in a culture yeah. that prizes, you know, charging forward. And who's that lady stopped at the supermarket you know, line? What's the matter with the lady up in front? Come on, come on. You know, we're, we're all, everybody's just trying to find their own way. 
and, you know, be kind. That's kind of the message of my book. Be kind to yourself mm. and then be kind to other people. I'll have to send you a can. clip of a show I did about two weeks ago, a uh, very personal experience I shared on air. I mean, I broke down in, in within a minute of, of just sharing the story, but it was so important to me to share that story. And that's what I want to talk with you about here as we wrap this up a little bit. You know, there are stories we tell ourselves. It's kind of interesting. You know, the story I told myself at that cash register was I'm broke. That was my story. There's no money in the account. The card for, you know, 10 bucks, whatever it was going to be, is not going to go through. Uh, And because I'm broke, my life is over. Yep. Uh, And I I, I just want to talk about these stories we tell ourselves and how learning to breathe can help us change them. Well, I just love your story because I love when the supermarket cashier said to you, oh, gosh, she told you her story. Man, I've been having this problem all day, and you don't know what it's done to my day. We go about our lives. I mean, I thought I was the only person on the earth who suffered the way I did. I, I would have loved to know all the people who write to me now and tell me their stories, but I felt so alone that my narrative was, you are broken, you're damaged, you know, you've got to hide this because nobody can know. I learned how to carry a flask of vodka when I was a teenager. Me too! No way. Yeah. You're kidding. No. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Well, there weren't flasks back. I don't know how old you are, but I had to get a hot water bottle or something from a no, drugstore. No, <laughs> I, got, I got a short bottle of, um, what do you call it, uh, Southern Comfort. Right. And well, yeah, I had to graduate wow. up to vodka. Well, I, I did vodka because I, I heard that it was odorless and colorless. And I just wrote an essay for a collection about drinking, actually, called My Flask. And I would carry it with me. And I still oh, have a tiny funny. little airline bottle of vodka in my pocketbook. That's funny. I said to this this one wonderful therapist, Bill Ruthnapperspeck, I said, when will I stop carrying this? She said, you know, I quit smoking. It took me 10 years. I used to carry three dusty cigarettes in my pack, in, in a pack in my pocketbook for the longest time. But I thought, for sure, I didn't think I could self-regulate, as she put it. She said, you know, she said to me, survival is, uh, panic is essentially a survival response that's overactive. Mm-hmm. So anytime you learn self-regulation of any kind, um, you, you can heal You can heal yourself with the help of other people. I was able to learn those techniques, but I really do think that we're all capable of finding techniques that work for us. And what might sound a little, you know, odd to one person is incredibly helpful and healing to another person. And don't judge yourself. Um, I don't think a flask is the greatest way to, no. to do it. But, you know, no. what I wanted back then was I wanted to slow down my lungs. So if I would take a sip of vodka, that fiery liquid would just go down into my chest and slow everything down. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't but that now, interesting, though? Yeah. yeah. I can't believe you carried one, too. Wow. I see. I thought I was the only person on the planet. Well, you know, I did it for different reasons. I mean, for me, I was emotionally traumatized. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had a lot of things going on that I clearly didn't understand. Right. I really didn't. I mean, so yeah. You had to numb yourself. Or, I, yeah. I, yeah. I just knew, oh, when this happens, if I have this, I will feel right. better. End right. of story. Right. It didn't matter where I was, you know. And then, of course, I grew up in a business culture where you go out to lunch and you drink anyway. Right. I mean, you know, it's not fashionable anymore. So you got to throw that flask away. Now you have to like, you know, I don't know what else. Yeah, I don't know what you have to do now, but. Um, yeah, now you have but, you to know, meditate. <laughs> well, meditation meditate. is catching on, I have to say. Well, yoga is so popular. It is. And I think the reason is, is because it sends all those messages to your body and your parasitic, whatever the central, the other nervous system is. I, I called it, I, I, yeah, I called it parasitic. Parasympathetic. Yeah, I right? called it, you know what I called it the other day? Parasitic. <laughs> like a parasite. It's just like, it's like, where did you get that from? Well, you know, when I first did yoga, and I have a chapter about yoga in the book, 
I, I started doing yoga 15 or 20 years ago. There would be times when I would, if I took a class at lunchtime, I couldn't go back to work because it, it so calmed me down. My body just didn't know what to do. Exactly. And that's why it is so popular is because mm. it is effective. I love it. Priscilla, thank you for a great show. I hope you'll come back. We'll have to We'll have to talk subway stories. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I grew up in the, I was born in the Bronx, so I, 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 uh, I get the subway thing a gotcha. lot. I love Six it. Train or? I love the subways. <laughs> well, it's really a pleasure talking to you. Priscilla Warner, everybody. Book is fabulous. Thank you guys for calling in, receiving your copy. Benny, fabulous show. Brian, fabulous. Lisa, thank you for hanging out and chiming in. And thank all of you for tuning us in, turning us on. We'll see you tomorrow. listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie Deleuze at info at ronniedeleuzeonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, your partner in wellness. Oh, aren't you tired of the same old negative vibe? Hey, Valerie, have you heard about TransformationTalkRadio.com? No, what's that? Dr. Pat is launching a new network. and Dr. Pat? Dr. Pat. How many hours is she going to be on? It won't be all Dr. Pat. She'll be joined by her friends, transformative hosts from around the globe. TransformationTalkRadio.com is a 24-7 network. 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her guests? No, 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her hosts. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Where is it going to be broadcast? You're going to be able to hear her in Seattle, Boston, Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, on over 300 cable radio stations, and on the Internet everywhere. Listen live at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Great, we should spread the word. Absolutely, spread the word. Go to TransformationTalkRadio.com.